What's up, everybody? On this episode of Press X to Start Podcast, we're going to talk about Overwatch 2's big Sojourn reveal, Epic's two-billy metaverse funding, and Hideo Kojima's pledge to remain independent. That's coming with more on Press X to Start Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is episode 14 of season six of Press X to Start. Press X to Start podcast is a weekly gaming podcast where we talk about all the latest gaming news, review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games that we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an undeserved point of view. I'm your host, your heavyweight champion from Wish Nigga World, California, a.k.a. The Janitor, because we watch niggas, a.k.a. Hmm. The Pillsbury Coke Boy, Marcus Ellison. <laughs> I'm Avery, currently dealing with the fact that there will be no EU teams in the top four of Valorant Matthew the Reykjavik, and I can just taste the tears of the EMEA region. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but... Um, it's a little bit of column A, a little column B, because while I like to mm. meme on the European Union and Middle East and Africa for their teams and their Valorant... I am a big fan of Fnatic and Team Liquid, and losing to both of them is just, it's just devastating. I, I want everyone to know the one reason I'm bringing about Valorant talk is, if you haven't known, it's just a two-person episode. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's uh, you know, a, a nice little fireside chat. Uh, a little two-hander. Exactly, between uh, two of the OGs of the podcast. So, you know, it's, it's nice to get back to our roots, if you will. The last time we did this, <laughs> I was talking about Bloodborne. So it's fitting that I'm going to be back and the only game I'm going to be talking about is Elden Ring. Yeah. The From Software will continues. Um, and now we're going to go into the quick hits. What you got to say, Avery? Okay. So, light week. Before we jump into the quick hits, I'm going to give Marcus the floor to talk about Kingdom Hearts 4. Oh. Thank you so much. So last week I was not here for this uh, and I was editing the podcast stewing because I just wanted to give my thoughts and I wasn't able to. So I'll just keep it quick. I am on record saying that uh, the time between Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3 pretty much soured my feelings on Kingdom Hearts as a whole just because of all of the added content that came in and the the, the convolution of the story as a whole. But I will say that the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 4 was completely surprising uh, because just given the amount of time that it took to get from two to three, I was expecting if we were going to get a four at all, it wouldn't be for maybe, I don't know, seven to 10 years. So the fact that the turnaround time was this quick was impressive. And I will say the graphical upgrade was also very interesting because I knew that they had kind of gotten into more of a, um, I guess, lifelike Tokyo type of uh, environment with what? what's the name of this place again? What's the uh, name of the world? It's confusing. And it's, I don't want to bring up reasons why you hate Kingdom Hearts to explain what's going on in Kingdom Hearts 4. But the game, it's, they, it has a weird name that they officially called it. But the world is based on Virum Rex, which was the video right. game in the Toy Story level of yep. Kingdom Hearts 3, which is mm. based on Final Fantasy versus 13. Exactly. And that's like one of the funniest things about the continuation of, of Kingdom Hearts by this point is Tetsuya is not even trying to hide anymore that he just wants really badly to make versus 13. And uh, hey, Final Fantasy VII Remake gave that man carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wants right now at Square. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. But it's it's been interesting to see kind of them going with a more uh, grounded, lifelike Final Fantasy style uh, color palette and and graphical presentation for this time. And at because least, of that, at least for that world, at least for that, world. at least for the world, yeah, at least for this world. And because of that. Finally, getting to see Sora look like he's hit puberty was something. 
and seeing him in regular size shoes was also very interesting. And I will say that that action, the, the sequence that they gave us looked crispy. Like there was little things in his movement during that little fight sequence that really actually stuck to me and made me want to check the game out. So I will say, even though I am uh, pretty burnt out on Kingdom Hearts in terms of narrative, I'm going to still come check it out because from a next gen standpoint, it looks really, really impressive. And if there was anything that I did enjoy about Kingdom Hearts 3, it was the gameplay largely. So I'm willing to come back at least for that. Before we move on, you brought up Sora's shoes. And I want to point out to everyone that his shoe size has evened out over the games. So this idea that he has clown shoes is comical. <laughs> okay? <laughs> the man has been wearing <laughs> Tim's for the last two games. <laughs> That's why they're so large. Spin that on the special Japanese variant of the Buddhas. Yeah. The Tokyo Stompers. Yeah. Let's actually move into our first story. Uh, yes. So, first story from GameSpot. This is from George Yang. Sony and Nintendo changed subscription service terms following investigation. So, uh, I'm going to read a bit from this story. Both Sony and Nintendo have updated the subscription services to include auto-renewal protection for users. The Completion and Market Authority, the CMA, based in the UK, announced today that it finishes its investigation into both companies. The organization was concerned about PlayStation Plus and Nintendo Switch Online's auto-renewal mechanisms where users may be stuck paying for services that they no longer want to use. Okay. This is one of those cool but okay stories in that there's nothing bad about this. It's actually a lot of good, but it's one of those things where, like, ultimately, it's not going to really change anything, I guess, for the yeah. most part. For the, like, I say that because this is something I've never, well, I have had to deal with, and I'm going to bring this story up in a second. But in terms of my PlayStation account, I've never had to deal with this because I've always paid yearly for my account. Yeah. And so, like, I always knew when, when the account was going to renew because, hey, man, they're about to take a relatively large chunk of money from me at any given time. But that's, that's me making it a personal thing. In terms of the actual this going forward, I, I think all subscription services should have this. I think mm-hmm. as more popular as they're getting, subscription services are inherently a predatory service. I'm using some, right. I'm, I'm putting some old fire from a former regular of the show, Cam, when I use the word predatory in terms of subscription services. Right. Especially subscription services that say, hey, either we're going to give you a low rate early on or give it to you for free and then immediately start charging you. Right. Like I, I've had an issue with that. And so and this is good going forward. I hope you see all subscription services take uh, leads from this. So like your, your Amazon primes, your uh, Netflixes, your Hulus, everyone. Yeah. It should be a, it should be a sweeping change. It should be across the board, not just within the gaming industry. Because this, this is what happened to me last week that nearly fucked up my life. Mm. Uh, I got Xbox game path for halo i got it i want to say end of december i i was able to get four months for free i redeemed them to play halo the week halo infinite came out i played about eight to ten out around six to eight hours of the campaign mm-hmm. and then i stopped playing my plan was to always go back and finish it but i wasn't jiving with the game's uh i guess loop i didn't like the open world and so it made getting to the actual Halo parts of the game unappealing for me. And at that point, the game's story wasn't really grabbing me, especially because, this is me personally, I couldn't get over the fact that, like, the events, I made this analogy before, but it's like, what happened to the Halo franchise is if, what if Game of Thrones Season 6 ended with, like, the wall coming down and the White Walkers pushing down south? And then the show cut to fucking John being sent to exile in North. Cause that's how I felt with the Halo narrative that bothered me so hard. I get that. But yeah, I didn't finish the game. Conversely, what ended up happening is I haven't touched my Xbox Game Pass for four months. Mm-hmm. When I realized that was going to happen, I canceled my account. Mm-hmm. I got it from Halo. Xbox doesn't have any other games that make me want to keep this going forward. I'm not into subscription services, especially video game subscription services in this current state. I wasn't really down for it in the long term. 
Uh, cut the story short. About a week ago, I looked into my uh, bank account, and after having a tough week because of uh, car insurance, realized I was in negative money. I'm like, how the fuck am I in negative money? And so it's because Xbox charged me twelve to fifteen dollars for Game Pass, and I'm like, wait, one, I canceled it, and two, yeah, I haven't touched it in four months. <laughs> why are you charging me for this? Yeah, uh, and this is why I want all companies to have this. I have to do some fascinating looks into this and why Xbox isn't like lifted into this group and why only Sony and Nintendo were made privy to this. But that's neither here nor mm-hmm. there. Uh, let's jump to our next story. I think, wait, are you still paying for your Game Pass? Actually, when I got my uh, Series S, uh, it came with like two years of Game Pass. Okay, wow. So I haven't paid for my Game Pass once yet. Okay, well, fuck me then, I guess. <laughs> Fucking Admittedly, I got mine like, like late. And when I got mine, I think it was like um, toward... Uh, like Christmas or something. So maybe yeah, they were just running a better deal at that time. You know. Once again, fuck me then. I guess. Uh, <laughs> dude, I I was poor for like for a full week. Oh, we got a game pass. Like I had zero money. I'm so sorry, Matt, Matt Booty. Give this man his money back. God he's damn it. Give me, he's not gonna give me his money. I've talked too much metaphorical shit about game pass for him to want to give me money. <laughs> and Jordan's not gonna vouch for you. He's not gonna help you. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so this, we're, we're staying on GameSpot. Uh, this is a story that's actually very uh, fortuitous because it's me and Marcus here, a.k.a. The, the longest standing holdouts for the Overwatch franchise. Uh, this is from, uh, I'll say, Jordan Ramey from GameSpot. Overwatch 2 Sojourn moves the storyline forward, says Blizzard. So over the weekend, we got in the two-year drought of Overwatch content. Yeah, like, like straight up. If you like skins and you like uh, deathmatch maps, you were fed. But if you yeah, liked absolutely. new heroes, new maps, new game modes, new PvE content, new yep. anything, we've been in the drought. Mm-hmm. You can blame Overwatch 2, and conversely, you can blame Activision Blizzard for all of their shenanigans behind the scenes and fucking up yeah. that game. But mm-hmm. we've, been, we've been starting. That's resulted in me abandoning Overwatch for Apex, which... It's kind of funny that I think Apex was released two years ago, mm-hmm. and it has the exact same amount of characters now that Overwatch did. Yeah, that's kind of insane. So it's like, oh, what the head start and they fucked up now. But when, when I was invited, keyword uninvited, Marcus brought me back to the fold, and I was like, oh man, I love this game. I wish it was faster, but I love this game. I can't wait that's to fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, play Overwatch 2 and it's PvE content and just play the PvE content. But the thing they've uh, led with in Overwatch 2 is the Sojourn character, uh, mm-hmm. who is this female African-Canadian... Afro- yeah, Afro-Canadian, yeah. Uh, cyborg character, who's going mm-hmm. to be sort of the focal point for the Overwatch 2 narrative going forth. They first gave us her story trailer, which sort of extrapolates on what we've always assumed about her character, in that she was like a high-level mission support character for Overwatch. And then, I guess something happened and she became a cyborg... But she doesn't seem upset about anything that happened in Overwatch. She seems, <laughs> she seems fine. Like I, I was like, did her legs get blown off? The world may never know. I don't know. Then they released her uh, actual gameplay trailer, which is sort of extrapolates on things we've already known about her character. Mm-hmm. And we are still in the. Uh, I did the. I looked up the math. The day they released those trailers was the two year anniversary from when Echo was released. Oh wow. So, wow, we're still in the new character drought because Sojourn is coming mm-hmm. with Overwatch 2. Yeah. But Marcus, how do you feel about this content that we've been, this food that we've been fed? Um, honestly, like, because we were talking about this in the Discord and like, I didn't realize how long it had been since I'd seen a character reveal trailers for Overwatch. So like, I remember watching this uh, gameplay reveal and thinking that it was weird that they were going back and forth from first person to third person, but then remembering, oh no, that's something that they always do, but <laughs> it's been that long that I completely forgot that was a thing. But overall, um, her as a character seems interesting just because of like, she's kind of been in the periphery for a while now. She's been in, you know, the pictures of like old Overwatch and stuff like that. And it's yeah, just like, I who's think this they person? Sp- 
Yeah, like, I think the picture uh, that we're all thinking about is the one that's kind of no longer canon because the ages don't make sense of the right. young Thara uh, with, like, yep. the Overwatch cast, and there's just this random yeah. black woman in the corner. I'm like, who is this? Oh, I guess that was Soldier. Yep. Also, Mercy's there, but Mercy's only, like, five years older than Farah. <laughs> they retconned it. It's okay. But it's like, you know, who is this? And so it's cool to see, you know, that kind of carryover from old Overwatch that you know, isn't weighed down with the baggage of all of the other characters. So it's going to be interesting to see how she plays into things and how she brings the story forward in terms of her as a, as a player character. I, I'm very curious to see one, how she plays in just a general five man setup, but also how her, um, her slide mechanic fucks with the game because that is a very that's an apex thing like between this character and neon and valorant i'm just sitting there going like i played two and a half years of apex legends i am fucking primed to use this character oh yeah no i'm i'm fully fully ready to have you just wreck and shop as I'm, as I'm, a soldier I'm, because I'm of that running down mid yeah because <laughs> because that mechanic is so unique you know, it's she's not the first character to have a run mechanic. She's not the first character to even have that. Um, I guess that uh, I don't even know yeah. what they call it, but that that uh, the uh, pulse grenade the, thing, yeah, the like the Aretha grab or the or as you, uh, you that pulls it, people the, together, the Zarya gravity pull, yeah, yeah. So she's not the first character to have either of those, but the slide mechanic, and then the fact that the slide mechanic can get canceled into like a double jump type thing, that's something that I think could be like. When people get really good with her, she's going to be a problem uh, in the game, I think. And especially because her her um, range seems to be mid to long range she's as a, well. She's so, a real gun. She's essentially yeah. what if you took Baptiste, mm-hmm. Soldier, and Widowmaker, and then exactly. just gave them the, the Eurisa pull. Yeah, so she's terrifying. Like, <laughs> like, when you think of everything she is able to do, she is terrifying. So I'm very curious to see how uh, she, once people get really good with her, I'm very curious to see how the community reacts to her because Overwatch has definitely in the past nerfed characters or rearranged certain things because of fan complaints. And even though it hasn't been anything that's been nerfed or switched around in terms of movement, I wouldn't put it past them to have her be the first one that they change that for because I think people are going to exploit the hell out of her. But... That being said, I'm uh, I'm I'm all in for her so far. I think she's interesting, and yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to getting more and more Overwatch Two content since we're heading in that direction. And because they've completely abandoned Overwatch One, so the yeah. so Overwatch Two is technically out there. Like because of the Overwatch League, the pro community has their hands on Overwatch Two to play that game. Mm. Okay. And early reports are that she's broken. <laughs> that she's yep, that yep. She's, she's dumb, stupid. These all people who play on mouse and keyboard. You gave them a high mobility character who's a better soldier seventy six and has a <laughs> has a move that breaks the ankles in uh, Valorant. It's so funny that putting a slide in Valorant just ruins that game <laughs> because it just ruins crossword placement. It's insane. I think when I, when I got back into Overwatch. I used to just run Soldier 76, and then I ran D.Va, because I thought D.Va was cool and I had all the skins. But then I got more and more used to playing a support character. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested in, in a world where I'm not going to be playing Soldier... And I play Soldier 76 as a support character as well. He had, he's a hit-scan weapon, so I stayed in the back line, putting out stims, and uh, just getting that path of healing. So I'm, I'm interested in playing her. I'm, I'm going to drop her into my, my hero pool. It's going to be fun. Okay. That being said, I hate her design. I'm just going to come out and say it. I think the top half of the design, chef's kiss in terms of yep. like cool Overwatch-esque character. Bottom half, I don't know what you were thinking when you decided, I she's going to wear like leotard pants and like uh, she's going to have like full brown robot legs. <laughs> just full brown. Like you can't even tell that she's a robot with the color of her legs because the same exact color of the skin, which I get, I understand why they did it and more power to you for the representation. But she just looks weird as hell. And she's not even wearing boots. She's like wearing like tiny little running shoes. And like, yeah, she looks kind of like she's like Winnie the Pooh in it. Like she's just, yes. if, you, if you, if you don't look 
close, you're like, oh, she's naked. She's fucking naked. <laughs> and then, like, I, I'm i all for Overwatch, like, diversifying player body types. Like, we don't need 15 Widowmakers, and we need more of Zarya and uh, uh, Diva and even the Brigitte in the world. But I'm right. just saying, the proportions of her lower self are just weird as hell. <laughs> and one of my favorite descriptions of early soldier footage was whoever designed this character was horny as hell because her ass is the size of fucking Orisa's entire body. And with nothing like breaking up the design for her lower back, that's all you see when you're looking at this character from behind. Look, it's like, you know, who designed this character? <laughs> look, look, there was developers in there. They had just watched some Megan Thee Stallion videos and they was like, yep, that's it right there. That's <laughs> if, so. if you're going to copy those proportions, Copy those proportions. <laughs> Don't just be like, all right, she's going to have everyone else's normal body proportions, and then we're going to put a transformer for a lower body. <laughs> we're just going to make it brown. <laughs> now, I'm excited for Soldier. I'm excited for her. Though I'm interested in what this means going forward. Because with as much time as they've taken for Overwatch 2, if they just release this game with Soldier as the only brand new character, they have been fucking up. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's another thing that I'm very curious about because Sojourn already, like, has this one possibly game-breaking mechanic with the slide. So it makes you wonder, one, what they'll end up just doing with other characters they add over time, and then two, how they continue to rework the game because they already did the whole remove the two tanks thing, so it's 5v5. So that's already a huge thing. But then they've completely reworked Orisa's kit, which I have thoughts on, and none of them. They, they didn't do the but, rework we wanted, which was let us ride Orisa. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it, but you know, like so they've completely already reworked one aspect of uh one of their already mainstay characters. So I'm curious to see how they continue to rework and reconfigure the game, um, both with new characters and characters they've already had. Because uh, Sojourn is already a big kind of hint into like the game almost operating completely different than Overwatch One. So I'm just saying, need more supports, more tanks. Like if your next couple characters are all DPS, we're gonna have fights because you can't. That's one, one of the reasons we got into this weird fucking character bubble. We've no, yeah, there's, to- there's so many. D- like I didn't even realize how disproportionate the uh, heroes thing was until like I just was looking at the character breakdown and I was like there are so many DPS characters yeah and they need to they need to rectify that in the second one yeah you're absolutely right all right everyone our third story is from the verge this is from Andrew Webster epic announces two billion in funding for its metaverse efforts my god so epic games is trying to build the metaverse which is the, the new hotness in the web, is it web 2.0 or web 3.0? I don't know. The internet's wild uh, world that we're living in. And in terms of all the people trying to do it, uh, like Meta and various other internet companies, uh, tech companies, they're the ones who already have a foot in the door because if you haven't looked at Fortnite right now, uh, it's kind of one step away from being Ready Player One. Yes, actually. Actually, like, it basically is. Like I'm pretty sure you could, you could have gone to Coachella in Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Like, physically, you could have gone to a space where they would stream Coachella to you, and it's, it's Fortnite's wild, man. That game is wild. Yeah. It's not the best BR in the world, because that's Apex Legends, but right. it's probably the best entertainment brand right now in terms yeah. of, like, cachet. So... Yeah. Ignoring the amount of money that they're raking in on Fortnite, ignoring the amount of money they're raking in on Unreal, Epic as a brand wants to really take a step forward. They, they had that Lego deal a while ago. Uh, and so to fund all that, they put in some fundraising. And this story is only notable for two reasons. One, the $2 billion price tag that they ended up raising. And two, one of the people who further invested in them was Sony Entertainment. Oh. So I had to look this up. PlayStation, oh, Sony as a corporation owns 5% of Epic Games. Okay. Sony's words were that, A, we were interested in their metaverse project and we want to mm-hmm. further invest into them and strengthen our relationship together. That's great. Okay. In a world of corporate acquisitions and corporate consolidation, uh, this is a very interesting move. Yeah, to uh, say the least. They don't have a controlling interest in Epic, but they have a interest enough 
that I won't be surprised if more and more deals start happening with PlayStation. Like, in particular, especially with PlayStation PC efforts, I'll be mm-hmm. more and more surprised if when PlayStation games start showing up on PC, they start showing up in the Epic Game Store. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, at exclusives. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how far this relationship with PlayStation is going to go in terms of Epic's relationship. Because in a world where Microsoft is dropping $70 billion to acquire Activision. Yo, yeah. I think Epic is now at a place where like, if PlayStation were to drop the money to acquire them outright, we'd be in a very interesting place right now in terms of games. Because it wouldn't even matter that Epic is a smaller developer inherently than Activision. Mm-hmm. They have Fortnite, which makes a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. They have the Unreal Engine, which makes a ridiculous amount of money, and which a lot of Xbox games end up using anyway. So, Do you yeah. think that PlayStation has the money to just outright buy Epic, though? I've, it's weird. Because I've, in all this acquisition nonsense that we've gone through, I've, I've done a lot of, like, fucking armchair quarterback math to see what studios are worth uh, and all that. And I believe mm-hmm. Epic games i think i looked it up and like epic's like market capital was like uh, shit i had it damn it, it was like so it wasn't super hot really hmm. and like conceivably in a world where playstation hadn't spent all that money on bungie all that uh, stuff and like had been just squirreling away they probably could have made the deal i don't understand corporate deals enough to understand whether that was like the play to make long story short Interesting that PlayStation is deepening this relationship. I really wonder where it's going to build dividends. I think this was Sony proper making it, but I want Sony proper would make this with the backing of PlayStation, like as a sphere of like, hey, how can we make this deal to help the PlayStation ecosystem? Yeah, because it's very interesting because it was Sony that pitched in rather than Sony PlayStation. And while yes, you would hope that that cohesion would work for PlayStation, but because it is more so Sony pitching in for the metaverse aspect of it all, it very well could just be about the metaverse. So we'll see what happens there. And were you in places in home too? I mean, at this point though, like could PlayStation home do anything comparable to Fortnite? Like, you know, like it almost wouldn't even make any sense for them to drop a home without being able to, Maybe have some sort of cross pollination with Fortnite, or you know, because otherwise, okay. okay, fantasy world. This is just me making shit up. This is me mm-hmm. just throwing out predictions. This is my Gatorade get hype moment. Okay, Fortnite is rebranded as PlayStation Home Two. That's exactly what I I, I thought you were going to say that, and it comes free in every PlayStation Six, mm-hmm. and then the application acts as the OS your console <laughs> so if you okay. want to play games you gotta physically walk your avatar to the game play okay. it, and it gets opened up okay and because of the of the ssd there's no loading so your character instantly just changes into the, what the character is in the game you jump in at your save there's no menu screen or anything so what you're saying is is you want the playstation 6 os to be wreck it wow that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> hey man we're already halfway there with uh, uh, after the playroom. Yeah, you know that's fair. Uh, I mean, stranger things have happened. Uh, like, I know they're on their fourth season. <laughs> it's coming out in a couple of weeks. You, 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 motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're having too much fun. Anyway, here, here to drop the fun is our fourth story. This is from Kotaku. This is from Sissy Jang. Uh, report. California Governor Gavin Newsom accused of interfering in the Activision lawsuit. Here's the subtitle for this article. A DFEH lawyer resigned in protest after the governor fired her boss and interfered with the case. Bloomberg reports. Mm. So the Activision Blizzard lawsuits are an ongoing thing. This is like complicated law stuff. probably going to be going on for a long time. At the same time, Activision is currently being bought by Microsoft. which is also going on for the same time. So this is an interesting push yeah. and pull of what's going on with that company. From what I could gather from the Bloomberg report and these articles is that like 
Gavin Newsom in his office have been really interested in what's been going on in this particular case. And it's being implied that they're interested because they're trying to feed information to the activists and Blizzard teams so they can better prepare against this content. Specifically in regards to maybe stock prices and the financials of all that, because it's a weird ass story. Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised just because like California is, especially Los Angeles is like the entertainment capital of kind of the world. You know, so I guess if anybody's governor was going to get involved with this bullshit, it would be here. But God, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, the, the, the gaming industry has, you know, had dumpster fire stuff before 2020. But it's almost like ever since uh, COVID, like, I don't know, like so much about the gaming industry that's come to light within the last two years has just been bad. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it's not great. Yeah. It's, it's frankly, it's one of those things where like maybe I dodged a bullet when I like to stop trying to go hard into making video games in like my <laughs> early 20s. But then mm-hmm. I look, then I think about myself now and I'm like, do I dodge a bullet or do I get a different bullet? See, see, no, because you did dodge a bullet because now you found out that your true calling is one day becoming a premier announcer uh, slash commentator for Valorant tournaments. You know, we've uh, first of all we've come to the conclusion. That's high praise for me. I'm a real big fan of Bren and Sideshow and Bala and all of those guys. It'd be really nice to get flown to Berlin or Reykjavik and be in a Masters tournament with the greats. I mean, Sean Garris yep. and DDK are no longer in the scene, so we need some young blood talent to get up there. And let's be uh-huh. honest, there are not a lot of black people in attack FPSs. We're not a lot of black people in FPSs in, in general. So it'd be See? really great to be able to stand there next to Bala and... Maybe we can drag your boy Dre off the field and into the commentary saying that we can just we can just talk about Valorant. But that's not a hero there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna be paying attention to this story in particular because this is one of those things where like I wanna say uh re-election is coming up 2022. Yeah. Yeah, re-election should be yeah. coming up for like a lot of things. So in an election year, stories like this are not good. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. This is um And it just depends on what type of Californians are hearing this. The ones who don't give a shit, and so this is just a non-interest story. The Californians who are super interested in finance, and like, if Newsom is really going to do with us, maybe we can work with him. But the Californians who are in the game industry and are offended by this. Yeah, it. If this was, I mean, even though gaming is as popular as it's ever been on a mainstream level, if this was some like film industry tampering, I feel like Californians would probably care a little more. Um, so I don't know if it'll like be a huge blow to him, but it's still definitely not a good blow. Yeah. Okay, so our final story, and this is the dumbest story we're going to talk about. So it's a good palate cleanser from uh, uh, what we were previously talking about. Uh, this is from IGN. This is from uh, Matt Kim. Shout out to Matt Kim. He's a stalwart reporter. I always love reading his stories. Uh, so go to IGN.com and give it a click, everyone. Go Go to every one of these articles we've talked about and give those people clicks. They they deserve to do all this work. Because I constantly ignore the ads on their website because I have an ad blocker. And I feel bad every time I go there (laughs) to do these stories because I have an ad blocker. But they're out there. The spy and malware people, they're out there. They're trying to get my information. (laughs) I was a victim of um, some spyware when uh, my original Instagram page got hacked. And uh, now it's dead. So you're you're not wrong. Damn, Damn shame. Damn shame. Okay, last story is Hideo Kojima says Kojima Productions will remain independent after tweeting PlayStation Studios banner. Okay, these are the stories that I wasn't even going to put on here because it's so fucking dumb. But it's me, it's Marcus, we've got all the time in the world. Let's fucking talk about it. Yeah. Over the weekend, just like Xbox, PlayStation has a banner that showcases all their uh, major franchises to show us, like, talk, especially in the PlayStation Studios era. They have this really cool banner. It's got fucking the MLB The Show guys on it. It's got Ratchet. It's got Ellie. It's got Celine from Eternal. It's got all of the PlayStation favorites. Mm-hmm. They recently took out Concrete Genie, which was made uh, from one of their smaller studios. It's a great game. Everyone should play it. I think it should be under $30 at this point. It's got to be. Yeah, It's got to be. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic game. It's probably going to be on PlayStation Plus, and so I, everyone should 
play it when we're all getting grandfathered into that franchise, we should all just pick it up and play it. But no, uh, back to the story. So they took out the concrete genie in it, and they replaced it with uh, Norman Reedus and his funky fetus. Yes. Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. BB. Internet sleuths saw this and like, oh, man, remember three weeks ago when Greg Miller was saying there was a place in acquisition, and him and Jeff Grubb were like, oh, it's going to be big? They brought Koji Pro. They brought Koji Pro, and them changing this is like them confirming. Because remember when they did it the last time, they accidentally told us they bought Housemark and Bluepoint? It's just, just like that. Mm-hmm. I saw this. I saw the story, and in my head, I'm like, no. They just changed the banner. I mean, I love mm-hmm. Concrete Genie. Uh, but like, if you're talking about the PlayStation Studios brand, yeah, you sell it's a, a non-starter. If you're trying to sell a premium experience, I wouldn't put uh, Kami Genie on there. I would definitely put the Kiyo Kojima back uh, Death Stranding game on there. Yep. But hey, man, people went with it, and it was trending for a while now to the point where Jeff Grubb went on his podcast, confirmed that, hey, this is not happening, and B, the PlayStation acquisition, if it is happening, is a much bigger thing than uh, Kojima Productions. I'm like, mm. okay, Jeff Grubb has said this stuff. Jeff Grubb, is, he knows a lot about the industry. Cut to... A couple hours later, like still trending, the fanboys and the the bad PlayStation uh, websites are all like feasting on this weird fan built rumor. Mm-hmm. And then Kojima like uh, <laughs> fucking pours oil on the fire and retweets the image, <laughs> the placement image, <laughs> and people go fucking nuts. Kojima's such a troll. So oh he, my god. So then he had to clarify once in Japanese and then once in English. Hey man, my studio is always going to remain independent. Uh, I value my independence. We have not been bought by PlayStation. And yeah. now we're here. Yeah. And I mean, like, honestly, it's just indicative of how, like, you know, gullible uh, and how easy it is to play people on the internet. Kojima knows that better than anyone, but also just like, it's kind of funny that people would even like, even though uh, Kojima has a good working relationship with PlayStation after everything that happened with Konami, I would absolutely assume that he would want to stay independent as long as he possibly could. Like, like yeah, he, the one good thing that comes with corporate acquisition in video games is a safety net in terms of hey, if you're a good studio making good games, having a corporate backer is a roof over your head in terms mm-hmm. of like your biz- the business. Kojima mm-hmm. doesn't need that. He's no, he the doesn't. most he, next to Shigeru Miyamoto. Yep. He's probably the biggest name in video games. Like Especially, everyone is, yeah. Everyone is yeah. clamoring to work with him as long mm-hmm. as he can still, even if he makes bad ideas. I think people are still willing to fund it based on his name alone, the cachet. It's the reason why the Xbox, after the PlayStation deal ended, immediately went to him and like, hey man, we want to work with you on your next game. They haven't confirmed of anything that's happening, but they wrote a letter of like intention to work with each other. Uh, I just want to think Jeff Grubb confirmed in his podcast that as far as he's concerned, all that information is still out there. Like that, mm-hmm. that deal is still working. So unless Koji Pro is acquired, his next game will be an Xbox game. Will it be an Xbox exclusive? I'm not sure. Because I've always found that that weird written thing of like, we're going to work on your next game, like a weird thing. Why don't you just... And what does that even mean? Yeah, why don't you just fund the game outright and move, move everything forward from there? Yeah. I'd honestly be surprised if his next game is an Xbox exclusive just because of, as I said, he has such a good working relationship with uh, PlayStation. But yeah, like just all of this being so blown out of proportion is like you said, it's, it's dumb, <laughs> but I mean, it's funny at the very least. It's funny. Video game Twitter had a good laugh. Exactly. Everyone, exactly. Everyone had a good laugh. But yeah, that was our final story. Uh, all right. It was five stories that I managed to stretch <laughs> to 45 minutes. Let's go. Because we were having a good time talking, but Before we go any further into what we've been playing to wrap it all up, we're going to have a word from our sponsors, which, as DJ says, is us. Hey, fam. How have you enjoyed this episode so far? Would you like to make sure you keep getting the best laughs, latest news, and most fire takes? Definitely want the fire takes. 
then we're going to need your help. If you haven't been already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have, then tell three people about the podcast. It could be strangers, friends, loved ones, hated ones, like real hated ones. Every little bit helps. After you've done that, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Press X number two start. Twitter at Press X number two S. And on YouTube at Press X to start TV. If you've done all of that, well done. Platinum trophy achieved. And we're back. And now we're going to go into what we've been playing. Um, I'm going to keep it a buck. I don't got a lot to say uh, because over the last maybe three weeks, I'd say two, three weeks um, that I haven't been on the cast. I've just been bouncing around doing a lot of different things and editing. So I haven't had a lot of time to game. And when I did have time to game, it was mostly Overwatch and dipping into Horizon here and there, which I've completely lost all momentum on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't have a whole lot of new things to add. So I will throw it on over to Avery to once again talk more about Elden Ring as we wrap this thing up. Okay, so I want to apologize to all my fans out there, uh, aka my mother, who's often told me she's not she's not fond of the podcast, <laughs> but she's a fan. <laughs> but damn, yeah, yeah, tough love in the Amy Williams household. It's why my self esteem is at all time low at all oh, times. Oh god. But yeah, uh, I thought I was on track to finish Elden Ring this weekend. So when you're hearing this, it would have been the weekend previous to this. Look, we're in a time warp. When you yeah. listen to this podcast, I would be in Elden Ring. Because that's ultimately what I'm here to talk about is that like, I'm in the end game. Game's taken two months of my life. I've been able to play Apex. I've been able to play Ghostwire Tokyo. I've been able to do anything new in my life because of this game. Because the Souls game, if I take a, I don't know, a break on it, I would come back and be like, what the fuck was I doing? How do I play this game? (laughs) (laughs) What is this? (laughs) So around a couple days ago, I started popping trophies left and right. And I sort of realized that I, because the way I was playing this game, which was I was fighting everything and I was exploring every corner of the map, I was sort of on pace with getting the platinum trophy which also, conveniently, back to the episode me and you did ages ago, I was on pace to get the uh, Bloodborne title trophy, but I said, I don't want to do the fucking challenge judgments. So I just said, fuck that. And now I'm afraid to go back and play that game because, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's Bloodborne. It's scary. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I was on track, and I'm like, oh, I'm on track. Maybe I should go fight Melania, a.k.a. the hardest boss in this game. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, I'm going to go back into our group chat and I'm going to quote my exact words when I uh, got to that particular part of the game. Banging my head against the wall versus Millennia, got to her second form first try and got her to like down to half her health, and now I'm on round 10. Okay, so I'm gonna clarify, round 10 was me being hyperbolic. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was on maybe my third attempt on fighting her. Donald shows up in the chat and says, Oh, I feel like I, I have been to a lot of people. You do really well the first attempt, then the next ten minutes, it's like what's happening, which has happened to me before. Not in Souls mm-hmm. games, but it's happened to me before. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, so here, here, the funny thing is, my first comment was at five forty-four p.m. DJ responded at five forty-eight p.m. I then responded at five forty-eight p.m. Scratch that, just beat her. I'm a golden god. I'm so fucking good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> the highs and lows of playing these types of games. So yeah, I managed to beat Millennia, who might be the hardest boss in this game. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to keep it a buck. I did some cheesy bullshit to uh, beat her, and I'm, I'm not proud of playing it cringe, but like at this point in the game, it's two and a half months to my life. I want to be over with this game. I don't have time to sit here and fight her 1,500 times and learn her patterns, and when she has bullshit moves, they can kill me in one hit if I get touched. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I figured out some, uh, some cheesy AI-breaking bullshit in her, and I washed her under my third attempt, and then I sat there in the afterglow, and they've been like, what other trophies do I have left? 
oh, all these trophies now are shit that I can, that's all story-based. So when you're listening to this podcast, I will have probably beaten the game. Uh, I will probably beat it three times to get all three endings. And I will probably have the platinum trophy. And I can delete Elder Ring from my hard drive and never talk about this game ever again. When you say beat it three times, do you mean that you have to start from zero and beat it three times? Or is it meaning you can like beat the last boss three times in three different ways? So there are three trophies that are tied to the end of the game. There's one that's for the Age of Stars, one is for the Age of Frenzied Flame, and then one is for the Age of Gold, uh, the Golden Order, which is like three of like the six or seven endings you can get in this game. Only three of them are required, but there's, you can get like seven endings. As far as I can tell, five of them are just versions of the Elden Ring ending with like different color palette and different narration, but the three they oh, listed... Oh, so the are, old uh, Mass Effect 3 ending. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> yes. But the, uh, the, there are three unique sort of ending types you get. Uh, one of the things I talked about, if remember when we talked about me beating Bloodborne, I talked about how I got all three endings in that game. Mm-hmm. Souls games do it. Uh, online saves have fucking changed the game in terms of like uh, saves coming in video games. Like the way Souls games work, they're constantly saving, so it's impossible to save scum. Like if I like lose 500,000 souls in like a bother of a dungeon and I try and I do that thing where like uh, I'm gonna quit out right now, I'm gonna reload them, I'm gonna have all 501 of my saves, it's gonna bounce me back to my last checkpoint. That's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. The minute you die, it Flash saved, and you're going to start back at the next uh, side of grace with zero souls. Your souls up in that hole. You got to go get them. If this is also how I beat Returnal, if a game has save data that's not like legitimate save data, and I go to my menu and I upload that save data to the cloud, I have a instance of that game at that point forever. So what's going to happen is. I'm going to play this game, get to the final boss, make a save instance at that final boss, beat it, get one ending, take my online save, which is from that final boss, because the game is already saved over that with the, my victory, and so I'm going to start a new right. game plus. But I'm going to take that from the uh, cloud, I'm going to bring that back to my console. That instance is going to overwrite that one. So it's going to be the old save again. I'm going to beat the boss again. And I'm going to go back to the cloud, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to put it back, and I'm going to do that three times until I get all fucking three endings. And that's how I'm going okay. to do it. I'm not spending okay. another fucking three years of my life playing Elden Ring. Got you. Okay, okay. I was about to say, because I mean, like, you know, just the fact that it took you this long and just a two-month trudge, I was like, all right, if, if you're still planning on Platinum and you got to go that way, I'd have been, like, more power to you, but that makes a whole lot more sense. No, like, fucking Persona 5 ruined me when it comes to, like, having to replay games again. Because, like, nothing is more annoying. I think we also talked about this the last time we were on together. And my Persona 5 Platinum was literally me missing one, like, entry in my fucking, like, uh, uh, compendium that you could only uh-huh. get at the last dungeon. So I ended yep. up having to replay the game on its second playthrough uh. to the very end to get the last trophy. And, it, like, it nearly ruined me. Ah, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. Like I, I had like 105 able... hours in that game, and I had like another 60 to get to the end of the game. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how you did that. Like, the only reason I even went through the trouble and was able to get the uh, Persona Five Royal uh, Platinum was because we were knee deep in lockdown, and I was playing with a guide. So yeah, I, don't don't let me yeah. start. My dumbass is currently playing Royal as well, and I'm like. I am. I gotta do this platinum as well. It's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But yeah, so uh, once I beat Elden Ring, I will be able to probably finally give my Ghostwire Tokyo impressions, and then I will probably be able to maybe give my Tales of the Border... No, not Tales of the but border, uh, Tiny, oh, Tiny, Tiny Tina's Tina. Waif- Wasteland uh, impressions, because I own that game. I played like an hour of it before I realized I can't not play Elden Ring right now. Mm-hmm. So... Annie, if you listen to this podcast, Tiny Tina's Wonderland is a good game. You should play if you like Borderlands. Moving on. Which she does love Borderlands, so I'm sure she'll jump at the opportunity. Yeah. So that was my Elden Ring Corner, everyone. Uh, I want to thank you for being with me on this long journey that I was slightly wrong about in that 
I thought I would have finished this game a month and a half ago, but I realized that I have a job and I sometimes want to do other things in my life. So I also just came from putting in a month straight on Horizon. So it's like, it was a confluence of like, you're not going to finish this game. That being said, I will take pride in being semi right on both DJ and Sean. <laughs> anyway. You got to take these victories where you can, man. Oh, yeah. but, uh, I've, been taking, I've been taking L's all day, so I need the W's. <laughs> I feel you, bro. Trust me. I feel you. But this has been another episode of Press X to Start Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast, podcasting apps because every little bit helps. Also remember to like, share, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. And if you miss any of the details, you can find this and more on our website at pressx2start.com. And until next time, stay safe and have a good night or good day, wherever time zone you're at, and be easy. Peace.